Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, September 27th, 5.51 a.m. Central. As I speak here, December corn futures up three and a half at 6.69 and three quarters. November soybeans up 11 and a quarter at 14.22 and a half. December Chicago wheat up 13 and a quarter at 871 and a quarter. December Kansas City wheat up 12 and a quarter at 941 and three quarters. December spring wheat up eight at 939 and a quarter. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it as always. Uh, leave me a rating or review on that Apple podcast app in particular. Could always use some more ratings there. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you hit the like button. Leave me a comment. Let me know what's going on in your neighborhood. Harvest progress, crop updates, all of those things. If you'd like some additional information from me, go to my website, www standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service today, guys. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email goes out about 5.30 a.m. Central. In that email, you'll see every overnight headline you need to be aware of, all of my grain marketing recommendations, lots of charts, graphics, weather info. Uh, I do a new subscriber-only video every single day. Yesterday, I talked about recession. Of course, that's the hot topic here, and I'm going to continue to talk about it while it is the hot topic. Uh, talked about, you know, kind of supply and demand versus recession recession, why recessions matter, uh, went back through some some old charts regarding recessions and commodity markets. Um, if you guys are interested in this sort of content, there's new stuff every single day. Uh, sign up today, 50 bucks a month, cancel at any time, no other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else, I promise. So to stick with the recession theme here, the S&P 500 posted its lowest close since October of 2020 yesterday. This benchmark uh, U.S. large cap index is now 24% removed from the all-time high that was posted on January 4th. Commodity markets softened yesterday amid a surging U.S. dollar and additional recession fears. Yield on the 10-year U.S. Treasury hit a peak of almost 3.9%, which is the highest since 2010. So some analysts believe that a recession is a near guarantee. Uh, one analyst in this Bloomberg article here says we've got a 98% chance of recession. Uh, the Bloomberg headlines, interesting, everything sell-off on Wall Street deepens on 98% recession odds. Uh, that's kind of funny because I remember it wasn't that long ago that we had headlines about the everything bubble and how everything was so uh, expensive and overvalued. So I guess if you're going to have an everything bubble, you've got to have an everything sell-off at some point in time, right? Now, some analysts believe, and this one guy who thinks the 98% recession odds, it's it's like a near guarantee. Um, a lot of analysts believe that that's the case. One analyst quoted by Bloomberg said this, unfortunately, this is just a process that's going to need to play out because the Fed is not going to stop and the market has to price in accordingly. There's still some downside because of the outlook that if we're not in a recession, we will be in one soon. Okay, so a lot of analysts believe that if uh, we're not in a recession now, we will be in one soon and that it's almost a guarantee. Um, I have a counter argument to this, and I'll go off on a tangent here for a second. Um, the Fed will continue with the rate hikes as long as inflation uh, stays around, right? And I think personally, I think personally, you could make the argument that inflation has peaked. Uh, why would you make that argument? Commodity prices have peaked, undoubtedly. Crude oil, uh, gasoline prices, which affect the consumer, they have fallen like a rock. Um, grain prices, I mean, just about every commodity out there, whether it's precious metals, industrial metals, uh, they've all peaked. Commodities as a sector have undoubtedly peaked. There is no argument about that. Uh, the real estate market's peaked. Uh, interest rates on a 30-year mortgage, just as an example, have like doubled over the course of a year. Um, 
The market hasn't tanked, like it hasn't fallen off a cliff, but real estate has peaked and has backed off just slightly. Um, uh, the one uh, thing that that is sticky is the labor situation and the wage situation. I think that that's going to take more time uh, to get back to like a normalish labor market. But I mean, in terms of inflation, commodity prices, real estate, gasoline prices, I mean, uh, it's going to be. I think you could make the argument at least that inflation has peaked. And when the Fed sees or believes that inflation has peaked, that they've done their job with these rate hikes and that things have reverted back to normal, they don't necessarily have to continue with these rate hikes. So the market is very quickly pricing all of this in. But if something changes and you start to see some cooler CPI prints, PPI prints uh, in the months to come, um, this could all be wrong. And the Fed doesn't need to continue necessarily uh, with what they're doing. And that's not a prediction for me. It's just it's it's an if Thing. If you start to see cooler inflation prints, uh, the Fed doesn't need to be as aggressive necessarily. And keep in mind, a lot of that data, guys, I mean, your CPI, your PPI, it's all kind of backward looking. It's lagging data. So uh, we'll see what happens here. It's interesting. But the, the sentiment out there right now is, is very, very poor. Uh, no doubt about that. Russia's uh, Vladimir Putin will likely announce the accession or acquisition of Ukrainian territories this week. Reuters is reporting that Putin will announce that four regions of the eastern uh, and southern portions of Ukraine have been officially annexed uh, on September 30th when he will address parliament. Today is the last day of voting in what the West calls a sham election. Uh, the results will certainly go in Russia's favor. Britain's defense ministry said this, Russia's leaders almost certainly hope that any accession announcement will be seen as a vindication of the special military operation and will consolidate patriotic support for the conflict, uh, speaking about Russia and Russia's citizens. Putin has said that he'll defend the, territor the territories as his own by any means necessary. The West and the United States, they've said that they won't recognize the territories as Russian. So this, I think, generally speaking, is, is a friendly input when it comes to the grain markets. The fact that you've got escalating uh, tensions in the Black Sea. Um, I don't know if this turns into anything. I know there's been talk that Putin wants to put a, a stop or, or some sort of um, uh, change to this grain shipping deal out of Ukraine. So still a lot going on here. And, and I think that this is an underlying uh, positive for uh, maybe the wheat market and the corn market in particular. U.S. farm groups are urging Washington to challenge Mexico's potential ban on GMO corn imports. Mex this is important because Mexico is almost always among the top importers of U.S. corn. Uh, in late 2020, Mexico said that it would phase out GMO corn and the herbicide glyphosate by 2024. Mexican officials have said that GMO corn, uh, GMO seed can contaminate Mexico's native corn varieties. They cited some research indicating the adverse impacts of glyphosate use. Still, some Mexican government officials, including the country's ag minister, have signaled that yellow corn imports for livestock feed will not be disrupted. Now, U.S. farm groups are worried about this because, yeah, that the ag minister said that the, the import of, of livestock feed uh, you know, yellow number two won't be disrupted. But at the same time, it, that that statement hasn't been reflected in any of the documentation. National Corn Growers Association wants the U.S. Trade Reps Office to launch a dispute settlement uh, proceeding under the USMCA Trade Pact. A report by one consulting group indicated that the plan would result in a big time economic cost for Mexico, potential food security issues. I don't know exactly which way this will go, but if, if they actually do go through with this, and I doubt that they will, but if they do, that's uh, probably a negative for the corn market. Uh, here's crop progress. So U.S. corn harvest continues 12% complete nationally, up from seven last week, behind the 14% average. Um, states that are 10% done with corn or better include Texas, Kansas, Nebraska, Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee, and North Carolina. 
Corn crop 58% mature nationally versus 40 last week, 61 on average. Soybean harvest 8% complete versus three last week, 13 on average. You got a few states that have made a lot of progress in the Delta. Louisiana, 68% done. Mississippi, 44% done. Arkansas is 20% done. Uh, There's not any other states that have broken that 20% barrier in regard to soybean harvest. USDA indicated that 63% of the bean crop dropping leaves nationally versus 42 last week, 65 on average. Winter wheat planting in the United States continues 31% complete versus uh, 21 last week, just ahead of the 30% average. Um, You got states in the plains and in the west moving along, just getting started in the Midwest with the SRW crop. Spring wheat crop uh, wrapping up harvest there, 96% harvested versus 94 last week, 97 on average. U.S. weather forecasts, I would say generally favor favor uh, harvest activity. Here's the radar this morning, and there's not much going on aside from Hurricane Ian, which is off the uh, coast of Cuba here. This thing is going to dump a ton of rain over the east coast, southeast parts of the country. It'll get into some corn growing areas here in like Kentucky, uh, Tennessee, areas further east, North Carolina. But most of the corn belt here, most of the plains will be dry over the next seven days. This is a good looking harvest weather forecast. Um, When you look at the six to 10, uh, warmer than normal, Uh, drier than normal. So I'd say that the forecast, generally speaking, is conducive to uh, row crop harvest activity. So things should be uh, moving along here without any significant problems. The cattle market was lower to sharply lower yesterday. Same uh, story there, just general commodity pressure. Cash cattle were actually better last week, and that cattle on feed report was neutral to maybe um, a little bit bearish, I guess. Got kind of a reversion in the outside markets after yesterday's bloodbath. The U.S. dollar's lower. Uh, Stocks are up. The S&P's up 42. The Dow's up 260. Bonds are up a little bit. Gold's up 10 bucks. Crude oil up 95 cents at 77.66 in the November WTI. Have a great day, guys. I'll talk to you Wednesday.